Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Future Is Now podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Nakamura, and I'm so glad that you guys are joining in today for episode 52. We are talking about quiet quitting today. I don't know if you've heard about this phenomenon that's going on, but um, we're going to talk about it. I'll explain it. Don't worry. Um, If you are like me, and you felt like you were living under a rock because you've never heard of this before. Um, you are just like me. I hadn't heard about it until a couple of days ago, and then I looked it up, and I was like, dang, I got to make a podcast on this. So we're going to be talking about uh, quiet quitting today. Um, I'll try not to make it too long. I got a lot to, to say on the topic. Before we get started, number one, um, this episode is brought to you by Theos University. Uh, this is my favorite Bible resource. It is the, the greatest resource that I have come to know in terms of studying the Word of God. It is a subscription-based platform where you can learn, I mean, any topic really on the Bible and they make it so easy to understand. It helps me in my prep for these um, podcast episodes, in my sermons and anything. It helps me prep. So if you go to the link below, uh, use the code FUTURE10 to get 10% off your first month. I would highly recommend checking that out if you have any interest in learning more about the Bible, but you're a little bit intimidated like most of us are. Uh, make sure that you guys get to that. And also, this episode is brought to you by the Laser Fund, uh, something, a strategy that I developed that helps businesses, churches, organizations, and individuals uh, really steward their money well. Uh, it's a financial strategy that helps with taxes, money growth, protection, um, and all the sorts of that. So make sure that you, if you're interested in that, you click the link below, schedule an appointment. But besides that, let's just jump into this episode. I'm excited about today and kind of bringing to light some of these um, argument points with quiet quitting and how we can look at them as a Christian. As always, make sure that you are leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you love about the episode today. Message me at Spencer Knock on Instagram. Give it a follow. Um, But besides that, I'm excited to get your hearts and minds ready for today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Future Is Now podcast, where you can discover your calling, live with passion and purpose, and learn how to be the leader of the future. We all have a voice that people need to hear, and it's time to get the confidence to use our gifts to better the world. If you're here to grow in the things of God and develop a healthy mindset, you are in the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get excited about today's episode. All right. So quiet quitting. What is quiet quitting? Um, it's a phenomenon that's like with gen, gen, I guess millennials and Gen Z and Gen X and it's been big on TikTok and on TikTok you have all these people that are talking about this this wave of quiet quitting. Now what quiet quitting is essentially it's your it's the idea that you're not outright quitting your job but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. It's the the motto and the movement of I'm going to do the bare minimum required work of me at my job because I'm not paid fairly or if they want me to go above and beyond, they should pay me more or pay me extra. Um, it is a Gen Z, Gen X, millennial mindset right now. And the kind of the tag, I, I suppose you would say, that I'm seeing a lot with this is the idea of, quote, I'm going to act my wage. I'm going to act my wage. If you're going to pay me this, I'm going to act my wage. Um, and you know, I dove into this. I saw a bunch of videos on it, a bunch of points, a bunch of counterpoints for against all this. I'm just trying to get, you know, well-versed in this as I usually do with these types of things. And, you know, the, the people that are supporting it are, are, are preaching the idea of the idea is setting healthy boundaries. 
I don't have healthy boundaries in my life, so I have to set, you know, so close the laptop at five, take no work calls, um, that whole thing. There is a couple, you know, it, it is kind of interesting because this is what happens is I feel like usually there's something that happens with good intentions, right? It's like, okay, well, healthy boundaries. Everybody loves healthy boundaries. And then you get like, there's a wave of TikTok people that are like, do the bare minimum. Like, I'm quitting the idea of doing anything above and beyond at my job. Like, it's just, it gets kind of out of hand. So the original idea was setting healthy boundaries. And now kind of what it's gone to is there's a lot of videos that are kind of just mocking the idea of working hard or just like saying no to their bosses, all these different types of things. So and for context in this, uh, listen, I'm not arguing this as a trust fund kid. I'm not arguing this as um, somebody that basically didn't work hard their whole lives. You know, I, I mean, people have called me privileged on Instagram and whatever, and uh, who cares? But um, I'm not a trust fund kid. I, I did not have life given to me. I mean, I went to college. Uh, I got good grades throughout high school, throughout college. I worked hard while I was in college. I worked jobs while I was in college. At one point, I had three jobs, saving for a ring for Adrienne because she's bougie and I want to make sure I got something that she loved. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I did work three jobs, saving up a ring for Adrienne. Then we got married and we got a house, but like, like we got a house, but we were like house poor for years, right? I mean, we didn't do anything because all of our money was going to our mortgage, but that was a sacrifice that we were willing to make because we understood the value of owning a home. So we did that. It was hard. Um, and here's the point that I'm trying to make with this is number one, I'm not arguing this from a point of somebody that's like rich and famous and like, you know, usually people that are like that, it's like they, they can kind of weigh in obviously, but at the end of the day, a lot of times they don't have equity because it's like, well, you don't understand my life. Well, Listen, like I worked a ton of jobs and while going to school, um, while doing X, Y, and Z, I went through a season of my life where I didn't have a lot of free time. I mean, I still don't have a lot of free time. Like I still work a lot, but here's the, here's the thing. Number one, people want to point to so many reasons why their soul isn't rested and it's always external and it's never their fault. Okay. It's like, man, I need to have, I need, I need to do quiet quitting because my, I have so much anxiety in my life and I'm so stressed where it's like, okay, just because you're working a lot at a job, just because you're grinding for a season doesn't give you, doesn't mean that it should equate to an unhealthy life. It shouldn't un equate to an unhealthy mindset. Um, and what I've come to find out is a lot of people, like they have such unhealthy ways of thinking. They have such unhealthy habits. They have such an unhealthy um, life really internally, but they think it's everybody else's fault that it's that way. It's this person's fault. It's my job's fault. Where it's like, well, that's not really true because whatever's going on externally, you can have an internal resolve of being somebody that has the peace that goes beyond understanding from God, that's somebody that is grounded in their values. And so the, the, the idea that just because somebody's working a lot means they're extremely un unhealthy, that's not the case. I mean, I have a friend of mine and he works more than probably anybody listening to this podcast and that's just his job. And But he knew what he signed up for and... Um, he loves it. He actually loves his job and he has a healthy marriage. He has a healthy social life, but it's because he's, he understands how to do it. Like he's an adult, you know, like he's a grown up, and he learns how to do that. And that's the thing. One of the issues I have with this whole Gen Z, Gen X millennial mindset is like, well, this is wrong and you're doing this to me and I'm a victim and I'm oppressed. So ha, I, here's, I'm going to 
a clap back at you and take this corporate America and I'm going to act my wage. Well, if you're doing the bare minimum, then, you know, what, in my opinion, whatever wage you're getting is too high. Um, I think that number one, as a Christian, our mindset should never be, let me just do the bare minimum. When has the mindset do the bare minimum ever helped in your life? Like the hard thing about the idea of being such a victim is the biggest justification for staying where you're at. Whenever you decide that you're going to be a victim and there's nothing that you can do about that, then you're going to be a victim forever. Like I like I mean Proverbs 14:23 says this, in all toil there is profit. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Hello. 1 Corinthians 10:31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know, my, the idea is, listen, you're not called to work hard only when you think it's fair to benefit yourself. You are called to work hard because everything that you're doing is you're doing unto the Lord. It's all to God. It's not to man. It's not to Elon Musk. It's not to Jeff Bezos. It's not to Bill Gates. It's to God. So wherever God has strategically placed you, whatever job that may be in, there is a purpose in that. And so to be in your purpose and say, well, I'm just going to do the bare minimum here. I'm not going to ever go above and beyond that. Like we understand how that argument kind of begins to fall apart. And so uh, in my opinion, right, we can't separate the idea that ministry is everywhere. Ministry isn't just pastoral ministry. Pastors on stage and, and deacons at the church and, you know, kids, pastors and youth pastors, like that's a ministry. But guess what? Wherever you're at in work, whatever your job is, wherever you're at in life, that is also a ministry. And it's an equal ministry to what people are doing in church. So here's a thought. What if, you know, I had, what if you had a crisis that was going on and you had an emergency and you call your pastor at eight o'clock at night and he answers and you say, pastor, pastor, um, I have an emergency. I need prayer. I need your help. And he goes, oh, uh, sorry, sweetie. Um, it's eight o'clock. I actually, I actually clock out at five. Uh, so would you mind calling me tomorrow around nine o'clock? Actually, no, I kind of have a meeting at nine. Why don't you call me around like noon tomorrow and then we can talk about this because these are outside of my hours. Uh, you'd probably move churches, right? You're probably like, uh, this pastor sucks, right? So why is it any different when we're making the entitled decision of, oh, in my job, I'm only going to do the bare minimum. I'm not going to go above and beyond that. Why? That's your ministry. You think it's a ministry to God that when your boss that isn't saved sees you saying no and being lazy and and not going above and beyond and not being a servant and not being helpful in your job? You think that's a ministry to God or do you think that that boss is like, oh my gosh, I th- like I don't want like that. You're I, you're a Christian. You go to church and like you're the worst worker in the entire world. It puts a bad taste in their mouths. And we have to understand that everywhere that we are going, we are a ministry to God. That's like the first and foremost, we are ambassadors of Christ. So it's so unbelievably disrespectful and unbelievably selfish and self-centered to say, yeah, I'm not going to do this because I don't think this is fair, number one, which I'll get to that in a second. I just, you know, there's a story of um, this this uh, famous Christian author, and he's on an airplane. He was talking about how do you preach to atheists, 
right? How do you minister to people that are so opposed to the gospel? And this was really good, actually. He's on an airplane. This guy's next to him. They start strike up a conversation, which, first of all, you know, good for him because I ain't never striking up conversations on airplanes. I'm like the guy that puts on my hoodie, puts on sunglasses, puts in AirPods, and then I'm like, don't talk to me. But this guy is obviously holier than I am. So uh, he starts talking to this guy next to him, and this guy's going through a really hard time. Now, this Christian author says, hey, well, you know, I understand that you're going through a really hard time. Um, I just, I have a God, in my belief, I have a God that really can give you peace and direction and understanding in this specific struggle in your life. Would you mind if I shared this with you? And the guy goes, no, do not share that with me. I have no interest in religion. I have no interest in Christianity. I have no interest in your God. And this author pauses and he says, okay, uh, no worries. Um, So why don't you tell me a little bit more about your problem? And he says he begins to have this like hour long conversation with this guy where now he is helping without talking about God, right? Because he still is somebody that is ministering as somebody who cares, that somebody who's there, that somebody that has an interest in other people. And after the flight, the guy goes up to him and says, hey, I just want to apologize to you. I was so rude and harsh and I just have had a bad experience with people um, and Christians, but like you really did care about me. And even when I was rude, you still wanted to know about me. And he goes, man, I, I didn't know there were Christians like you out there in the world. Now, why do I say that is because ministry is everywhere. It's in the way that we act even outside of church, even outside of talking about God. That's what our ministry. So this whole like, Oh, I'm I'm just going to do the bare minimum. It's not Christ-like. I mean, we look at scripture. I mean, it tells us, scripture tells us that um we ought to be working hard because we work for God. Colossians 3:23 says, "Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you are working for the Lord, not for human masters." Matthew 25:14 through 30 is the parable of the talents. It's a um a parable that Jesus gave. The guy's going on a journey, uh, guy going on a journey, he gives a servant. One servant, he gives five talents, another he gives two, and another he gives one, according to their ability. He went away, he came back, and the guy who had two talents made two more. But he was like, dang, that's awesome. The guy that made fi- that got five talents, he made five more. Wow. Now, the one who he gave one talent to dug a hole in, ground, in the ground and hit his master's money, and he didn't advance it. And he rewarded, he was like, wow, the guys that I gave five, he made five, that's amazing. The guy I gave two that and made two, that's amazing. The guy I gave one, he didn't do anything. His master said to him in verse, um, where is it? Uh, oh, verse 26, he says, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and, my, and at my coming, I should have received what was owned with interest. So take the talent from him and gave it to him. Uh, who has 10 talents. He gave the one talent and gave it to the guy who had 10 and, and created 10 or who had five and, and created five more. The idea of this story is like you're meant to take what's given to you and advance it and to grow it and to multiply it. So if God's placed you in a job, guess what? It's your job to make the most out of it, to serve people, to serve your boss, to serve the company because it's a reflection not on you. It's a, You're an ambassador. It's a reflection on your God. And my second problem with this, it's just a position of entitlement. That's what it really is. This is a position of entitlement. 
you're telling me you applied for a position where you full as well knew how much you were getting paid. And then once you were in that job, now that is now providing for your life, you think you're entitled to more. If you think you're entitled to more, go start a, your own business or go get a different job or do something else. But the idea is I'm just going to sit here and do nothing and basically do the bare minimum and not go above and beyond and somehow what somehow that's a solution to the problem that you're facing the anger and the resentment that you feel that ain't going to be no solution um i listened to this podcast recently and this was amazing it was a, a woman magat wade she's the ceo of skin is skin she's from senegal and um when she was talking she said it's crazy to me and by the way, to get a great perspective on America as the most opportunistic country in the world, which it is, uh, it's good to get this perspective, not from privileged uh, college white kids and liberals that like have only lived here and have the uh, privilege and the convenience to complain about their country and do nothing else. But Try getting perspective from first-generation immigrants, second-generation immigrants, people that have lived somewhere else that is worse and have come here. Anyways, anyways, so Magat Wade, she's a skin is skin CEO, Chris, uh, Christian, she's a believer, she's amazing, super successful, she's from Senegal. She basically was talking about how crazy and opportunistic and amazing America is, that it is so easy to thrive and create a business in America compared to other places. In Senegal, to get her business license, it would have taken two years. In America, she went online, it took two minutes, and then she built her business. So, number one, we have to like have a realistic grasp on the world and understand how America is incredibly opportunistic. There are ways to, if you really just want to become rich, which, by the way, like if your primary concern is money, you're never going to find happiness in that. But if you're really just wanting more money from the job, guess what? There's other jobs to apply for. You can start your own business. There's so many different things. The bottom line is this. We just have to stop making excuses for our lives. This is just another excuse. It's another excuse to be unhappy about our lives. Quiet quitting. Entitlement. It's an excuse. We're all going to... Here's the thing. This is where I'm going to get really passionate. We are all going to take account of our lives one day. We're going to be at the throne of judgment. You know, it's funny because people will say, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. Yeah, well, that's true. But guess what? God is going to judge you. It's not only that God is the only one that can judge. God is going to judge you. So I'm just trying to help because when that day eventually comes, he is going to judge you. And so when I'm trying to direct people's paths and say, hey, you probably shouldn't do this. Well, you can't tell me what to do. Only God can judge me. Well, that's true, but guess what? He is going to judge you. So I'm just trying to help a brother out. So eventually when you get to heaven, you're, there's just going to be less things for him to judge. Anyway, side note, I'm digressing. But we're all going to take account for our lives one day in front of God. And you know what God is not going to be okay with and he's not going to accept? Well, 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 I was, listen, God, I know that I didn't really do a lot in life, but like you don't understand, like minimum wage was only $14. Uh, I, minimum wage was only $14 and like I, 
I needed my pumpkin spice lattes 10 times a month and this and that. And I know you called me to like build a business, but it's just like, ugh, it's so hard. And like I was on tip, like guys, God is not going to be okay with our excuses when we come face to face with him. Now let's get on a deeper note. God's not going to be okay with the excuse of, well, this person hurt me. God's not going to be okay with the excuse of, well, I was born into this family. God's not going to be okay with the excuse of, oh, well, um, I didn't have as much. I had less opportunity. I had this. I had this done to me. This person wronged me. This person had more. No, you are responsible and liable for what you make out of your life. You can't control the things that are done to you, but you have absolute control over how you handle them, how you deal with it, and how you move forward. And what I've seen from this generation that is just so, that is so lost, really that's the best word I think I can use is lost. There is no vision. Vision will eliminate the excuses in your life and they will take out barriers you think you have in front of you because when you have vision, you have resolve. It is a course of action. When I started this podcast, listen, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of answers. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of opportunity. I didn't have a lot of recognition. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I basically was starting from the ground up and I voiced those concerns to my wife. I voiced those concerns to God. Like, I don't really know how this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't really have a lot. But what I did have is I had vision and I had an idea of what God had called me to do, what it was going to look like. And so that In that way, when obstacles came and when inconvenience came, I had resolve and I found solutions to it. I found financial solutions. I I found practical solutions, strategic solutions. Because when you have vision and you understand that God has called you to something, then you are going to have the ability to get up and stop whining and complaining and, and crying about things. But you have the ability to get up and say, no, 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 this is hard. But God has called me to it, so he's going to see me through it. I got a side job that helped support my family. I didn't really care that nobody knew who I was. I I started to build, and now I'm like, um, I don't know, almost a year and a half now into this, and I'm starting to see momentum. I'm starting to see some things come through. But here's the thing is like, I wouldn't have done that if I didn't have vision because vision eliminates so many barriers. Ask God for vision today for your lives. Take responsibility of where you are at. Stop making excuses. I'll challenge you in the next 24 hours. Do not make one excuse. Oh, I I could have gone to the gym today, but I got it. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I I know I want to eat healthy, but man, I got invited to the. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know I probably should forgive that person, but what they did was no, 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 no. No more excuses. Instead, replace excuses with vision. God, give me a vision for my life. God, give me a vision for my family. Give me a vision for my business. Give me a vision for my ministry. Give me a vision for my passions. Stop stop consuming your mind with uh, everything. This is a C.S. Lewis quote. And he says that, you know, usually the enemy will say, oh, it's amazing that uh, people think that I put things in their head when one of my biggest strategies is to keep things out of their head. What that means is the enemy doesn't want you to get 
things in your mind, the truth of God in your heart, in your spirit. That's vision. Get vision for your lives. Um, you know, we, I, I'll end with this. We are currently living in a culture of entitlement. People will say everything is unfair. There is no opportunity. We look at God and we say, God, is this all that I have to work with? But in Luke 9, Jesus tells his disciples to go preach. And guess what he does? He takes away their provisions, takes away their staff, their extra tunic, and their bag. Now, he did this because there were fake preachers that were just there for show. You know, they're trying to steal money. They're trying to fake it till they make it. Didn't want the disciples associated with that. But isn't it amazing that what they truly needed, what he called them to, they already had, even when they had nothing. Usually it's not your resources that's the issue, it's your vision. Because vision creates a resolve in your spirit that allows you to move forward even when our worldly imperfect eyes see problems and hurdles and a lack of. It humbles us on the journey of understanding that our success is not because of our might or our ability or our talent, but God's faithfulness and goodness. So, all in all, I think quiet quitting is absolute garbage. I think you should not subscribe to that way of thinking. Instead, you should subscribe to a godly way of thinking, which is honoring those that you're that are your authority, that are over you, and doing everything you can to help serve their mission. Because in doing so, God is going to see that you are a person of honor, and then he is more willing to honor the things that are in your heart. So um, I hope you learned. I hope you took notes. Message me on Instagram. Message me if you agree, if you disagree, whatever you liked, whatever you didn't like. Share this on Instagram if you're listening. I always love reposting those and seeing who's listening. Make sure you leave a review. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you so, so, so much for listening to the podcast. It means the world to me. I'll see you next time on The Future Is Now.